Welcome to City Church. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church, encouraging everyone to follow Jesus, grow together, and serve others. We're excited to share this sermon with you today, and you can always find out more about us online at citychurchseville.com. City Church is a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church. We're going to take a look at biblically-based this morning. We are a biblically-based, relationally-driven, spirit-led church calling people to follow Jesus, grow together, and to serve others. This year, as we're taking a look at the kingdom of God, our focus is on life in the spirit, and we have been beginning the year utilizing spiritual disciplines to help us walk with God well. The book that we have used, and we gave out hundreds of copies of this, is Richard Foster's book, Celebration of Discipline. And this morning, we're going to take a look at the fifth discipline, which is an inward discipline that is entitled study. We are in an academic community. When you hear that word, I safely assume it elicits some post-traumatic stress disorder. Am I right? How many of you... All-nighters in the dorm wondering why you played video games instead of studying all week and you have an exam that you're facing. Look, I'm clearly aware that study um, just elicits these sideways emotions. I'm keenly aware of that. But here's what we know. Biblically speaking, study is presented to us as a spiritual discipline. It's something that we're called to do as people of the kingdom. Now, when I knew this sermon was going to be on study, there's like an ocean in the Bible that's available. So what I did was I very prayerfully began to look at how I study Scripture. So I'm going to inflict that upon you. Now, where I wanted to begin is a very fascinating place. It's found where study is brought to us the first time in Scripture. It's found in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 11, verses 18 and 19. The context for this verse is the children of Israel have now been released from captivity. They have gone through the sea. They are on the other side, and they are now beginning to be tried and tested by God with their faithfulness towards him. And and Moses brings to them the first five books of the Bible. Deuteronomy is one of those books. And in it, here's what the text says, where God speaks to his people. Fix these words of mine in your hearts and where? Minds. So in other words, Scripture isn't just about the head. It's also the heart. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your forehead. Just tap your forehead. If you are able to do that, that means you have a brain behind your forehead. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. In other words, Scripture isn't just for being alone with a candle over the Bible taking notes. 
The idea is from the very beginning that biblical reality is for everywhere in life. Walking along the road, hanging out with friends, all of that. But what's interesting to note, this original announcement of the studying of Scripture begins with the command to tie them as symbols on your arm and your forehead. Well, when I was in Israel, I took some photographs to exemplify how some people have walked this out. This is what is known as the Western Wall. Some of you would have heard it called the Wailing Wall. That's actually a little bit derogatory, just so you know. This is the Western Wall, and above that is the Temple Mount in Israel. This is in Jerusalem. Now, the next photograph is the same setting but focused in. What you will notice at the Western Wall is you will see all of these Jewish men and you can see that there are desks with scriptures, and they are studying at the Western Wall. Zoom in a little more. Next picture. What you see here is these Orthodox Jewish people who literally took the scripture literally. And you will notice that this man in front of you has what on his forehead? It's called a phylactery. It's a box, and in it, is the Shema, the hero Israel, the Lord our God is one, which is just quotes from Scripture. And in that box would be other select Bible verses from the book of Deuteronomy. So here in the text, we read in Deuteronomy, put the Scripture where? On your forehead. Also, where else did it say? On the arm. See the, the Orthodox Jewish man off of his right shoulder? Do you see the leather strap around his arm? Literally attached to that strap is another phylactery that has more Bible verses in it. And so what you find is these Jewish men, and by the way, in some Jewish sects, women do it as well. It's predominantly just Jewish men. But if you were to go to the Western Wall, you will see people studying Scripture where they have wrapped it around their right arm, which is the sign of strength, and they have literally tied it to their forehead. In other words, their goal is, is that everything that they do, everything they think will be filtered through Scripture. So everything they think and then everything they do. Your right arm is the sign of your strength in the Bible. And so that's what you will see among these Orthodox Jewish men. What's fascinating to note, almost all biblical historians believe that this was being practiced prior to the time of Jesus. So Jesus himself would have seen Jewish men that did this, where the word of God was tied to their forehead. The word of God was tied to their arm. Now, always remember this, though. You can have scripture in your head, on your, tied to your forehead, tied to your right arm, but where does it need to settle? What did Deuteronomy tell us? In your heart. And biblically speaking, the heart is the center of who you are. Should end up in the heart. Now, with that said, what I want us to do now is just think about study. These men take study very, very seriously. Now, think about study. Study, by and large, in an academic community is the following. It's where there is a topic that you study. 
Maybe you're uh, studying at UVA social work, maybe prepping for law, maybe you're math. I don't know how people get a degree in math. How many of you don't get math at all? Yeah, uh, at all. In, in fact, biblically, three equals one, so I knew that math didn't have to deal with it. But people have different giftings by God. And so what ends up happening is you get a topic, you get a subject, you get a textbook. And the idea is, is that you get that book. And listen, it's the right thing to do that you study the topic until you have a working knowledge of it. At some point, it'll click where it just goes from numbers to where you can actually seal it, see it, where you're studying something professionally and you, you can begin to do it. That's kind of the end goal of study, but it happens through studying oftentimes a textbook. But here's what I want you to know. When it comes to studying the Bible, yes, it is a book. It is. But what you need to know is from the very first people who ever read the scriptures, they all knew this book is different. It's different. Let me put it the following way. People with faith in God have always believed that the Bible is the word of God. What is meant by this statement is that the person who studies the Bible will find that they are somehow changed or transformed while studying. In other words, yes, it's true that if you study a topic like maybe social work in college and you're gearing up, or maybe it's to be a counselor, psychology, that you're gearing up, but there's something that has always been understood about people that study the scriptures from the most ancient of times until today, that when you study the Bible, something happens that goes beyond just data transfer. Something happens. The writer of Hebrews picks up on this. Hebrews 4.12. Here's what the writer says about scripture. For the word of God is alive and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. In other words, Scripture has a way of burrowing into the soul, opening it up and revealing the truth about us. Some of you may be sitting here thinking, that's exactly why I don't want to read the Bible. I would say, you will never be healthy unless you do. There's something about Scripture that when you read it, it goes to work on you. It does something powerful inside of your heart. Now, what's interesting to note is Jesus has a lot to say about the study of Scripture. In John chapter 5, verses 39 through 40, here's what Jesus said to those men that we saw by the Western Wall, the men that dressed like that, looked like that, that were studying Scripture. Here's what he said to them. You study the Scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. These are the very Scriptures that testify, Jesus says, about him. He said, but they testify about me, and yet you refuse to come to me to have life. 
In other words, it's possible to study the Bible and never find life. It's possible to approach it academically and even be able to master it and never find life. The best way to explain this is as follows. In the study of theology, it's called pointing something out to a dog. Now just follow this. Here's what is meant by that. We have a blue tick coonhound. Her name is Banks, and she smells awful almost all the time. She's just nasty. I don't know why I shared that other than that's true. Now, here's the thing about Banks. Banks is a blue tick coonhound. I have dear friends of mine. They have a farm, and I can take Banks to walk on their farm pretty much any time. Just shoot a text, take her over there. So I'll take her out to this, this farm in Ivy, and I'll walk her, and um, I'll be walking through a field. Hound dogs always have their nose to the ground, right? So her nose is down, and I'll see a herd of deer moving across the ridge, and I'll go, Banks, look over there. Banks, Banks, look over there. And what does Banks watch? my finger. So I'm going over there. No, over there. And the whole time she's just going, you know what I'm talking about? It's called pointing something out to a dog. Listen, this is the, this is the scary reality of a lot of people that study theology in the Bible. They don't look at where it's pointing. And that's what Jesus said to these Bible scholars. You literally can quote the first five books of the Bible by memory, but it's pointing at me, Jesus said, and you're not looking where it's pointing. Does this make sense? So now with that in mind and in heart, what is clear to understand is the following, that Scripture is like no other book. When you read it, stuff begins to happen inside of you and inside of your heart. Now, one of the things that I'm well aware of, and my plan this morning is to kind of just open up the whole cupboard on how I study Scripture and inflict you with it. Now, with that said, one thing that I know as a pastor is that when this sermon is over, and this has been studied, I want you to know the following. People retain the following way. If I preach this sermon and you go tell it to someone else, you will retain 90% of it. If immediately after this sermon, you go and act on it, you will retain about 75% of it. If you take this sermon and you discuss it with someone else, you will retain about 50% of it. The other thing is, is if you watch someone else walk it out, you'll retain about 30% of it. If when someone is talking to you, you can kind of watch them tell you, you'll retain 20% of it. If you read something, you'll retain about 10% of it. And then like your average sermon, a lecture, you will retain 5%. That's depressing. <laughs> what I know is, I have spent all week prepping for this, and you will retain a grand total of 5% of it. And yes, it's true. There have actually been clergy people who have quit because they spend all week 
working on a sermon, and on Tuesday they'll see a parishioner and they will say to them, what did you think of my sermon? And the person can remember zero of it, absolute zero. Now, why am I admitting this so freely without getting depressed? Here's why. Here's why. What I know is every time you sit through a sermon, God is going to use it. It may not be with warm fuzzies. It may not be even in an aha moment. But I believe every time you sit through a sermon, God will do something. I also believe every time you crack a Bible and you read a passage of Scripture, it's alive and active. It's doing something. I believe every time you sit around and discuss Scripture at a table group or a life group with other people, something is happening. And it's much greater than studying a textbook on calculus. There's something that happens every single time we open up the scriptures. Now, the last sermon I preached was on fasting. I thought that that sermon, although like most, was about a B minus that I preach. Shockingly, I got feedback on it. First of all, right after I preached the sermon, a friend of mine here at City, we'll call her Michelle because that's her name. Michelle came up to me and she said, hey, Pete, this is the best book I've ever read on fasting. She's a very mature believer. And so she showed me this book, this cover. Well, it'll come up eventually. There it is. God's chosen fast. She's 100% right. I had never read the book. She showed it to me after the sermon. I went back and I bought this book, little book, simple to read, and I read it on fasting. She's right. Best book on fasting. In other words, her study affected my study. We talked about it. Then, later in the week, I get a text from a friend. Actually, it was almost a week and a half later. I get a text from a friend of mine here at City. We'll call him George, because that's his name. George texted me, and in the text, he said, Pete, for the past almost two weeks, I've been studying fasting on my own. He said, I'm going to start fasting, because I, I heard your sermon, and I've actually gone out and studied it for myself. And he said, now I'm at the point where I really understand it. Look, that's the point of a sermon. A sermon's never going to answer every question you have. It's not going to fill in all the information you need. But hopefully, once out of 52 weeks out of the year, you'll hear a message. You'll be prompted to go and really study it for yourself. And that's what George did. And he also, in the text, said, also, Pete, I'm well aware that Jesus said about fasting that if you fast, and then you go tell someone, you lose your reward. But he said the following, the reason why I'm telling you is, is because I know you think I never listen to your sermons. So I'm just letting you know I actually do listen, and I got his point. Not only that, after George's text, within a day or two, I bumped into a friend of mine, Joe, from City. We'll call him Joe, because that's his name. And uh, we were at a an athletic event. And while we were there, he came over to me and he said, you know, Pete, that sermon you preached on fasting. He said, it has had a huge effect. He said, normally I take about a half a page of notes. On that one, I took three pages. And it's had a, here's the thing. Sermons are great. 
But sermons are supposed to just kind of get you moving down the path. My hope and prayer is, is that you would pick up on one or two sermons and that you'd begin to study for yourself, which is why you have this next to you. There's a half sheet of paper, and what I would like for you to do is pick it up. Real quick, if you would go ahead and grab it and pick it up for me. What you have in your hand, when I stepped into ministry 36 years ago, what you have on this slip of paper literally involved probably a hundred volumes of Bible study texts that I had in my personal library. No joke, but a hundred volumes. Now you can get and download these four things, and it has all the information stored in your smartphone. Literally true. When I began in ministry 36 years ago, I would sit down at a desk. I would have my Strong's Concordance, which is Greek and Hebrew. Behind me would be a wall of commentaries. Next to that would be cultural commentaries. Next to that, now all of it literally can be on your smartphone. So let me go through these quickly. Again, this is literally how I study scripture. On the far left, it says Bible Hub. What is that? That's a Greek and Hebrew online free place where you can go to their website. You could put, let's say you're struggling with being anxious. What you could do is just put the word anxious in there and it'll bring down every verse that, that anxiety is found in. Then what you can do is click on a verse and if you click on it and you go to what's called interlinear, there's tabs there. If you go onto the interlinear tab, it'll have the English up top and then the Greek right below it. And every word, if you click on it, it will show you everywhere in the Bible that that word's used. And so literally with a click of a finger, what used to take me hours, you can do in three to five minutes. Literally. The next app that's available is called the Bible app. That's the YouVersion Bible app. The one to the left is for Google. The other one to the right is for iPhone. If you get that, that's called the YouVersion Bible app. Over 500 million downloads have been downloaded from this app. 500 million. They have this Bible in so many languages, in so many versions. There are so many devotionals, so many Bible studies. But the cool thing about this one is, if you download that to your smartphone, you can literally download the Bible to your phone, and you can do word searches anytime you want. Let's say you're afraid. You just put fear in. It'll drop every single verse that has fear. And what does the scriptures have to say? The one to the right of that is called Bema. It's known as Bema Discipleship. I paid for and studied for six years professionally to get ready to be a pastor. This app is better than all those six years combined. Just telling you. It's almost depressing, <laughs> right? It's called Bema Discipleship. And here's the thing. Bema Discipleship will walk you from Genesis chapter 1 to the last chapter in the book of Revelation. It's 190 podcasts. 190. Thing of it is, though, if you'll listen just to the first five, you will be hooked. 
It is shockingly good. The guy named Marty Solomon that hosts it, it's a good friend of mine. My son's done theological work with him. And the reality of it is, if you will start, it actually starts at negative one. If you start at negative one, this guy will walk you through the Bible as one entire interlinking story. And it is so mind-blowing that by the time you're about five or six in, if it's for you, you will know it. Bema, um, Bema Discipleship. The last one is called The Bible Project. The Bible Project is put together by a theologian by the name of Tim Mackey. And what Tim has done is literally made a video for every book of the Bible. So here's full confession. We're going to end today with a passage of Scripture from the Gospel of John. What I did was I went to the Bible Project and I watched the video that explains what the book of John is for, what it means, and how it's all connected. I would encourage you, do not read any book of the Bible without first going to the Bible Project and watching the video. It will show you how it works together, why it's a cohesive whole, and it'll help you to understand what you're getting ready to read. Does this make sense? It's almost like reading the playbill, playbill before you go to the play. It literally allows you to understand what you're getting ready to read. So listen, these are the four things I use to study Scripture in my own life. What I'm going to encourage you to do is take this home with you. We've published enough of them for everyone. So if you could take one and take it home. I'm not saying this is the absolute best available, but these are things that I use day in and day out to study the Scriptures. Would you stand with me? Now, every time there's a message taught or preached, and I know this sermon's very different than most. By the way, if you're worshiping with us online and you would like this resource, just put that in the chat and someone will send this resource to you. I know this message is very different than most that I preach. But I think that most of us have the acumen to be women and men who really study Scripture well. My prayer is, is that you will sense the nudge to do that. But please know this. Every time you sit through a sermon, God does something. Every time you read scripture, God does something. Even if you can't see it, even if you don't know it, God is at work. Let's pray. God, I pray very humbly in my own heart, in my own life, I pray that Scripture would come alive to me and to all of us here. In Jesus' name, amen.